Lovely listeners, it's your good buddies once again from the future. (laughs) Yeah, this is a different future than last future. Wait, but you don't know about last future yet. No, wait, do they know about last future? Uh uh, no, 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 they don't. Gosh, guys, this is becoming increasingly the most complicated podcast to follow, (laughs) but the most worthwhile. Because it's fun because you're really learning how to like how to record your own podcast along with this. Yeah. So as as a lot yeah. of you guys that have listened to the past few episodes know, we actually started recording this podcast in kind of like late 2016. And mm-hmm. we were recording a bunch of episodes. That way we would have a little bit of a backlog whenever we started releasing them in 2017, the year of our Lord. And uh, <laughs> but the thing is, is once I, I went back and I started checking out the audio of those 2016 episodes to edit them and stuff, I realized that the audio was way fucked up on uh, on both ends here. Uh, me on the East Coast and my man Steve on the West Coast. That's uh, right. Audio was all fucked. So basically what we've been doing is re-recording the episodes from the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this episode is from the future... Um, you know, from from Back to the Future, yeah, yeah, yeah. where where the Cubs won the World Series last year, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not like whatever you guys got going on. Oh yeah, totally. Also, different. Jaws twenty five was in theaters, and right now I am wearing two ties. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, how's that? <laughs> um, yeah, you feel doubly powerful, like you know, but everybody else has two ties. So it kind of evens out. It's not really unique. Hang on just one second while I, I strap on my self-lacing Nikes. Hang on. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. God, they feel good. Oh, hold on. My jacket's wet. Psst. Jacket drying. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, how have you been doing this week in 2017? Um, been doing pretty great. I uh, What have I done? Um, all sorts of things. I've been uh, hanging out with my dog a good bit. Oh, yeah, sick. Yeah, she's usually sitting right behind me on my chair while I record. So mm-hmm. um, we don't spend a whole lot of time apart. Uh, I would say she monopolizes. She well, I might be in an abusive relationship with my dog. Oh, how appropriate that is for today's episode, huh? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, I also... Um, have been hanging out my with my wife rewatching Cosmos. Cosmos. Okay, you're talking about the uh, the series Cosmos, yeah? Yeah. I yeah, haven't watched Neil any deGrasse of it. Tyson. It's great. Really enjoy it. I uh, I am so 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 hoping that next election maybe Biff can get outvoted by a Neil deGrasse uh, political ticket. Yeah, but it's going to be hard to beat Biff Tannen in a presidential election. You know, everybody said, um, "Who? how's this guy going to become president? He's just, uh, he owns hotels. 
Like, yeah. He's nobody. No. And huh? then, you know, he had his reality show mm-hmm, that, yep. uh, who wants to be a biffinaire? Who wants to He's fuck their own daughter? Bright. Stuff like that. Who wants to fuck their own daughter? Yeah. And he, mm-hmm. um, he, he won. won that one. Yeah, he won. Yeah. He did. He did. And he won every year. It got sadder and sadder <laughs> and sadder. And then people elected him president. So <sighs> it, it is a strange and dark future we have found ourselves in. Yeah, well, he he says that that Gray's Sports Almanac tells him the future, and who are we to question him? Dude, do you know what would be <laughs> the sickest? Let me tell me, please. <laughs> what if, <laughs> what if there was some bizarre, bizarre reality where, under a Donald Trump presidency, uh huh, his son Donald Trump Jr. has. Right? has the powers of of legion from the x-men universe and he flies back in time to try to, yes. <laughs> to try to kill his own father oh my god but he actually ends up beginning the age of apocalypse and we all find out that what's happening is that donald trump is he's not stopping democrats from coming to power but he is stopping apocalypse from coming to power <laughs> And maybe, dude, maybe, maybe Apocalypse's entire campaign slogan is Blue Lives Matter. Blue Lives Matter, yeah. And people are like, yeah, I agree with that. He's a and blue then man. They end up voting for, yeah, they end up voting Apocalypse to president. Maybe, maybe, it'd be be, maybe it would be better if it was Blue Lips Matter, since he has the blue, blue lips. Right, he does. <laughs> Are those even lips? I mean, come on, Apocalypse. He just got out of the pool, like, all the time. I I mean, I really hope that every single episode of this podcast somehow references Age of Apocalypse. I'm telling you, dude, it has been like an obsession of mine since, well, whenever that series started coming out and stuff. Yeah. That's been like 90s. my... Oh, man, my favorite, like, alternate reality storyline yeah. of all time. My favorite story arc of any comic book ever is, is Age of So Fathers. great. I fucking love it. So great. Um, I had a really funny thing happen tonight that I just got back from a second ago. I went to a buddy of mine's uh, wedding. My buddy Mike was getting married. And at the wedding, we basically didn't really know anybody other than the bride and groom. Um, we ended up okay. making a couple of friends that we were seated with that were really cool. But... One thing that was really funny, and I spotted it during the ceremony. I don't, I don't know who it was. They were sitting at the very front, so I assume that they were a relative of the bride or the groom. There was a woman sitting at the very, very, very front by herself that looked exactly like a slightly younger version of the absolutely bizarre, crazy aunt from Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> yes, like dead on. Oh, no, exactly. Now that won't do. Exactly like her. Yeah. Like it was fucking crazy. She's a doctor. Remember, she's a That's doctor. That's important. Yeah. I kept waiting for her just to like stand up in front of the aisle and be like, Richard, Angela. Richard. <laughs> I can't wait to do sleepaway oh, camp on this show. We've got to do it sometime. I, yeah, we absolutely do. It's um. It's one of my favorites of all time. Oh, what a fucked up, crazy movie. So great. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> this week, we're doing a little movie called Audition mm-hmm. by Takashi Mike. But Ben and I thought, 
it would be a good idea to maybe take a quiz. And what are we going to find out from this quiz, Ben? Well, here's the thing, uh, Steve, is this, this flick is really all about relationships. Um, uh-huh. Relationships, right. of course, come in all shapes and sizes and so on. But this, this movie specifically uh, observes the male-female uh, relationship. And so I thought that as a great way to kind of get into this episode, it would be a lot of fun if you and I uh, took a quiz to find out what our couple personality is. Now, of course, Steve mm, and I are, okay. are are both individually married to some, some fine ladies. That's but, true. But me and my man Steve have always been really just a, a, a unique... We've had a unique bond since we met yeah. in college. Yeah, we're a couple of boyfriends, for yeah. sure. We've talked about so many times just leaving these ladies that we're with and just running off to to start a life of our own so i think it'd be Things, a really fun idea to find out what kind of couple we are i'll i'll tell you this for sure yeah we would have a delicious relationship as i know you cook and i uh also cook all the time and think about how much that we'd laugh and cut each other up man you know what <laughs> This might be the episode where this becomes the Ben and Steve Thelma Louise edition podcast. <laughs> we run off from this, these from these women who are holding us down. Maybe what happens is is the day that this episode comes out, we like leave a note to our wives, and we're like, "Just listen to this to find out all the details of why I'm gone." <laughs> and at the end, we we include, "Be sure to rate and review us on iTunes." <laughs> But the thing is, is like, honestly, like both of our wives, I'm pretty sure would be like, yeah, that sounds about right. Like, we, <laughs> we kind of always knew that Ben and Steve would run yeah. off together. It's Yeah. It's whatever. We kind of always knew. My my wife's two top concerns are uh, heart attack and, and Ben Eller. Yeah. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's fine. That's actually a lot of people's top concerns. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of delicious, I'm drinking currently a, a really fine uh, Knob Creek... Uh, what is this? Like the Select or something like this? It's like 100 proof. Oh, it's really yeah. fucking good. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Delicious. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of bourbon. I uh, I picked up a bottle of soju. Soju is called. Yeah, I, um, I live in Koreatown, and I have seen soju at the stores. Now, I'm going to go ahead and apologize to our Korean listeners. I know that you're not supposed to drink soju alone. Oh, you, um, that's what I call Thargoodin. Anytime you drink alone, that's called Thargoodin. Yeah. I drink uh, alone. Well, I, I prefer to do it by myself when, <laughs> when I drink I alone. alone. I prefer yeah. to be by myself. It's the best. And in, the, and in this case, I'm with you. So, uh, but uh, there, You're not technically Thargoodin. I am not. Uh, but if I did have bourbon, scotch, and beer here, I would follow his advice. Uh, <laughs> You'd have one of each. Yeah, um, I decided to try it, and let me tell you, soju tastes like nothing. Is it getting good to you? And it's it's fine. It tastes just fine. Um, it tastes kind of like water, mm -hmm. but it's uh, it's twenty percent alcohol. So it's getting you fucked up. Um, if I'm not careful, I may end up by the end of this being rather drunk. Yeah, look out. I, I had several beers and um, a couple couple shots of moonshine at the wedding, and now I'm here at home. <laughs> I had a beer when I got home, and now I'm drinking this whiskey. So, yeah, probably me too. 
So this should be the best episode of our podcast. Yeah. By far. You mean the best podcast of all time. Well, yeah, I already knew that. Yeah, yeah. I believe iTunes called me today. Yeah. Well, they didn't they didn't call me. Nobody calls me direct. That's Oh, uh, no, okay. they called your people. Yeah, they called my people. The people called my assistant. My assistant told an intern At and then Bill lunch. Gates Jr. came in here oh. and he he said Excuse me, sir. And I said, what? Speak up when you talk to me, son. <laughs> Don't stutter. He said, he said um, you, you got a call from iTunes? And uh, I took the call, and iTunes said, this is iTunes. Uh, and I said, I'm not talking to iTunes. I hung up. And then Tim Cook called back. Same wow. process. He said, you guys are number one. So Wow. Yeah. Hey, I'll and tell you he, what, speaking speaking of number one, and speaking of relationships, and speaking of our wives, let's hear it. <laughs> I just realized that it just passed over uh, midnight at the stroke of May 7th, 2017 right now, which means mm. it is my... Mother's Day. It's my anniversary, bro. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's your anniversary. Mother's Day. It's a happy it, anniversary. Yeah, that's, that's what you're song. starting with. My uh, yeah. th- it is my wife and I's sixth uh, sixth wedding anniversary and sixteenth year together total. That is insane. You know what's crazy though is that not far from now, on the thirteenth, a, a week from uh, yours almost, yeah. my wife and I will be celebrating our seventh. Look uh, at anniversary you. Look at as you. a married couple. Yeah. So, way to go, May Weddings. Oh, man. Boo. Kate, you my boo. You my real girl. <laughs> <laughs> you had me uh, at hello, uh, et cetera. Yeah. Hold on. Let me... Uh, I, I should say some things to my wife. Um, yeah, um, uh, it, it's really funny when you call me bitch in front of your mom. <laughs> uh... <laughs> um, uh I, I like it when you're drunk and you uh, you slap me and then look at me and go, you like that? Um, <laughs> I, I I mean, I, I don't necessarily like the slap, but I think it's very funny. It's endearing. Um, yeah. Also, you're the best. Oh, I'll tell you guys a funny story, too, about Steve's wedding. So whenever Steve got married about seven years ago, um, <laughs> it's when he still lived in Tennessee here with me. Yep. And... Uh, the week of his wedding, I uh, started undergoing a, a mysterious affliction with laryngitis where I completely lost my voice. Um, it's really strange. That was the first time I've ever had that. Actually, my like my speaking mm-hmm. and singing voice have never been the same ever since I had it. So it's been really, huh. really... it's Yeah, it's been crazy. Actually, though, my voice got cooler. So it's kind of all right. That, yeah. Because you did used it. to sound very wienery. I sounded wienery, and now I sound like yeah. David Coverdale. So, yeah, know. or Tone Loke, <laughs> or Tone Loke. Yes. Yeah. So, I went to the, uh, uh, the while I was while I was having the laryngitis and couldn't speak. I felt totally fine. It's just that it was almost like you ever have those dreams where like you're trying to like scream only nothing comes out. Yes. It felt exactly like that. Like I felt totally fine. It's just that whenever I tried to speak, nothing came out. So I, I remember I, I had this going on and we went to your all's wedding and we were there all day because my wife is taking pictures and stuff. And Best. 
I I had to have a notepad. Like I had a notepad in my pocket where I would just write down responses like hello and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not pork, fish, please, and stuff like this. <laughs> that happens all the time. And I went to People their, just come up to you pork or and fish. they say they say which would you prefer, pork or fish? Cuz I'll tell you this, at our wedding, we had a peanut butter and jelly bar. So Which is badass. This is a great They wasn't no pork nor fish. No. So I had to have a, a pen and pad with me all day, and so I was like answering the questions and like you know writing down. I have laryngitis, I can't speak and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And it was like by the time that the whole ceremony is over and like the reception is shutting down and we're helping you all clean up and stuff like this, your wife yeah. was your wife turned to me and she's like, "Okay, seriously, like it's been cute, but you can drop the act now. <laughs> Everything's over." <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> like I wrote down, I'm like, no, really, I can't talk. <laughs> and then she, I think both of you guys are like, we really thought you were just screwing with this all day. Yeah, I was fine with it too. I was like, okay, yeah, that's I think cool. it's whatever. It's so wonderful that you guys accepted me as Mister Faking. I yeah. don't have a voice all day at your wedding. Yeah, what's the problem with that? And you're like, whatever. He's a real screwball, that one. <laughs> this guy. And then and then for Christmas, you sent us a Christmas card. And it, you, you said, sorry for having laryngitis at your wedding. P.S. I was faking. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, my wife, my wife saved that one for sure. And then I showed up to your birthday party wearing like dark sunglasses and had a walking cane. I was just faking being blind. <laughs> yep, and everybody was like, well, just guide him along. It was a little less cute. Yeah, it was, but yeah, still fun. Then your last birthday party, I showed up being gluten-free. That was just fucking <laughs> annoying. <laughs> yeah, you just kept pointing it out. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if that has gluten in it. And everybody was like, that's a table, Ben. <laughs> yeah, I can't but sit I might in this chair. It's got that. gluten. Yeah. <laughs> Has anybody been eating gluten? Gluten? Can you just breathe the opposite way? Because <laughs> I think gluten can survive on your breath. <laughs> oh, relationship. That's that's that was a good time. <laughs> good time. All right, so let's let's go ahead and take this relationship quiz here. Thank uh, God. I'm on playbuzz.com and I'm finding out what is your couple personality. So we're gonna answer these questions together uh, as Stephen and I are the original power couple. That's right. All right, Stephen. How did you and your partner meet? I'm going to give you several choices here, and we're going to discuss them okay. and uh, answer together as a couple. All right, so our choices mm-hmm. are we actually used to hate each other mm-hmm. at a concert. We actually used to hate each other at a concert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Online, other, uh-huh. um. Wait, it already skipped to other? Yeah, it did. Meaning like in another dimension or something like this, I guess. Uh Uh-huh. At the gym. You know, you and I are both gym rats. Mm, That's true. Through through mutual friends or through work Mm. or at a job. I guess I would have to say through mutual friends because we met at Walter State Community College through Holly Ford, our extremely talented friend. Yeah. uh, One of the best artists I've ever known in my entire life and just a lovely person. Yeah, she's great. Love Holly Ford. So we met through Holy Fard. So I'm gonna put mm-hmm. through mutual friends. Um, I believe if if you uh, if you do want to check out Holly Holly Ford, her name is now Holly Romy. Holly Romy, that's uh, correct. 
Yeah, and you can find all sorts of stuff from her on Etsy. She's got all sorts of great stuff up there, so go check her out. Yes, she is a fantastically talented person. Okay, so how often are you too intimate? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so our choices are... We record this about once a week, right? Yeah. So... We text pretty often, though. Some pretty intimate That's details, true. I suppose. That's... So uh -huh. our choices are we don't keep track. Um, we can't get enough of each other. I can't all really right. ever get enough of Steve. That, well, hey, all right. A couple right. times a week. Mm -hmm. Often enough, I shouldn't mm -hmm. have to answer that. And three Whoa. to four times. Yeah, I know. That's, that's kind of cold. And well, I'm going to say we can't get enough of each other. I mean, the other answer is three to four times a week. But I would also say we can't get enough of each other. Me and Steve that's true. are yeah. seriously just like, we, we just crack it. each other up all the time. So, yep. yeah. What is one thing you always do together? Hmm. Uh, okay. I, I wish podcast was an option. <laughs> <laughs> what if it is? Just be sure to check all the options. Yeah, there's, horror there's podcast. bound to be one. Um, our options are sleep, mm. which I don't know that we do. Our, our schedules are kind of weird considering our time zones. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. And I also keep a weird schedule. Yeah. Everything. Mm -hmm. Travel. Um, share jokes and laugh. Mm -hmm. Sex, wow. duh. Something else or share advice. I would say share jokes and laugh. Share I jokes to, and laugh. Yeah, yeah, I tend to always like text mm -hmm. you or call you anytime there's something funny yeah. that happens. Like mm -hmm. seeing proto sleepaway camp lady at a wedding. And I meant to be. Uh, I meant to talk to you about that because when I respond to you, I always respond very seriously, and you always respond with laughter. Now I'm. A little confused. Mm. You sent me that text that said, aren't moms the worst? And I said, mine just died of cancer. And you said, ha <laughs> brutal, dude. <laughs> it's an odd <laughs> dynamic. It is. <laughs> what is the strongest component of our relationship? Oh. Is it? You have six choices here, Steve. Mm -hmm. Loyalty. Right. Respect. Uh -huh. Gotcha. Communication. Mm -hmm. Support. Chemistry. Okay. Right. Or weirdness. Oh. Well, me, I really was going to say. It's really between chemistry and weirdness because we got. That's what I was going to say. Oh, look at us. I was going to say chemistry had it cemented and then you said weirdness. Um, Me and Steve gosh. are really fucking weird. Within like the first. Um, <laughs> I think the first minute of meeting you, yeah, there were jokes thrown around about having like uh, a, a chopped up hooker in your trunk. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> I would say that might constitute weirdness, but it also constitutes chemistry yeah. too. It does for sure. Yeah, you got to know who you can tell those jokes to. I'm gonna and, go. Uh, it was uh, there. I might go weirdness because that's pretty. Okay. That's more unique than chemistry, I think. Yeah, let's go with weirdness. All right, weirdness. So that's us. All right. Do you belong to a social group? Mm. Okay. The answers are yes, no, <laughs> only other friends in relationships. That's fucking stupid. We hang out uh -huh. with, with work colleagues. That sounds just brutally yeah. boring. Yes, but yeah. we rarely see them. I mean, we don't really, hmm. see, we have a lot of like kind of common overlapping friends that we don't see very yeah. much. 
that's true um, but maybe it should just be no because i wouldn't really say i belong to a social group like because of what i do for a living like i don't really have a lot of like co-workers or anything and neither do you yeah i don't either yeah the only um social group i have is um my family that live out here and i don't um, know them so, yeah and a, a few other people so and we don't see each other that often because i again just i work from home so no. i might say no yeah i'm gonna answer yeah. us no on that one all right our next our next question here this is a big one do you disagree much <laughs> our choices are almost never uh-huh oh yeah right yes but it's like foreplay for us shit oh okay that that okay only over significant things <laughs> right uh every now and then and only uh, over small things huh this is hard to say now the thing that you guys might not know about steve yeah. Is that Steve has a full chest Ted Nugent tattoo and is a yeah. registered Trump voter. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, build that wall, lock her up, MAGA. Okay, guys? <laughs> but her emails. <laughs> uh, you know what? There, there may be some people out there who are looking for auditions specifically, and this is your first episode. That is not true. Now, let me ask you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, it, it, I don't know. Disagree much? I don't think that we really. No, we don't really. We actually, don't. we're pretty on board with no. everything. Yeah, and like uh, actually, since we've started working with each other, it's even less than I could imagine. Like I'm, I might say, I thought it's either almost never or only over small things for me. Yeah, yeah, like the um, and it doesn't even matter to us. I don't think anything. Um, I don't think we've ever had any disagreement regarding uh major the, things the podcast or anything or yeah especially major things so yeah i would say uh, almost never yeah i'm gonna go with almost never okay so oh here's a good one the world is taken over by zombies what, oh thank god what are you and this is this is geared to us because it says what are you guys most likely to do about it okay um okay so our choices here are we become the zombie rulers, which I guess would mean that we get infected by the zombies. Um, oh, okay. We kick ass. Okay. I honestly don't know. I don't either. Make the most of our last moments together. Okay. We run off to somewhere safe. Uh-huh. Or we probably think it's hysterical. Okay. I think we probably think it's fucking funny. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like, because honestly, um, I'm at the point now where I watch um, Walking Dead or anything like that, and I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. Honestly, <laughs> like, it'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be nice if if our biggest threat was uh, dead people coming back to life. It would somehow uh, be less scary than a lot of other things yep, that might be going so on. So much less scary. So much easier to deal with. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, you're like, you know how corpse. to solve this problem? Headshots. Uh, Meanwhile, yeah, like, headshots all, the other, all the other shit that's going on in the world, it's like, you know how you solve this? Okay, well, you need to start from the ground up with education and home. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's really, it's going to take us probably 100, 150 years to really get it set up. Uh, no, yeah, that would be fun. 
Meanwhile, funny, yeah, for sure. Z- zombies <laughs> is such an easy fix. That's such an easy problem to yep. deal with. I would think it's hysterical. So I'm going to go Certainly there will be other issues as we see in shows like The Walking Dead. But um, the, the great the great solver of all those problems often comes along, which is hordes of zombies. <laughs> all right, Steve, where might our next vacation be? This is this is a big okay. one. Okay. Our choices are Las Vegas, which you are you already live in Las Vegas, California, right? Yeah, right. Straight up in Las Vegas, <laughs> California, baby. Um, Bali, which it shows us a beautiful mm. beach sort of photo. Yeah, Bali sounds great. Middle of nowhere, looks like somebody out in the woods. Oh, okay. Gay Paris, Paris, France. Okay. Okay. Sailing the seas. Mm, pirate style or yeah. doesn't say. Mm-hmm. Somali oh, pirate right. style. Somali pirate style. Okay, it's, it's a, a little, little less intriguing. It's a little different. Yeah. Or theme park. Okay, so we got Vegas, beach, huh. forest, Paris, on a boat or theme park. God, that's a tough one because um. I love the beach. I'd love to go to Paris. Never been there. Mm -hmm. Do love being on the ocean as well. Oh, and theme parks can be some fun. Yeah, that's the thing. Is okay. Las Vegas, not terribly interested in. Nah. I love any time on a beach that I can possibly grab. Bali is is pretty tempting. Um, Middle of nowhere, not that tempting because I kind of live in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) God, yeah, I lived there before, so I had enough of it yeah paris i'd like to see sailing the seas i don't really have much interest in uh okay i play as most of you guys know i play music and stuff for a living so i do a lot of um i've done several several like cruise ship gigs playing with my cover band yeah. the riders of brohan <laughs> oh yeah so in order to get me to sail the seas you have to pay me i'm not gonna pay you to sail the seas <laughs> however i would really love to go to I would really love to go to a theme park with you and do all yeah. the all the people watching. Like well, if you and I went to like Wizarding World of Harry Potter, holy fuck! Yeah, that that's um my my wife and I, but because our anniversary is coming up, we're looking at getting. Uh, if you are a Southern California resident, you can get a pass to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. That is a little bit more than uh, people normally pay for a single day. Oh, dude. And you can go, I mean, there are blackout dates, but you can go basically anytime throughout the year. You have um, to do it. It's the best. It's the best place in the world. Yeah. Oh, and also, like, you get to go through the rest of Universal Studios, which is, it's got cool stuff, too. So, oh, also, that uh, Hulk roller coaster is the shit. Yeah. So, uh, let's go with, um, I'm a theme park. Let's it. go with that. Yeah. All right. So, eventually, theme park. Okay. Next question. Do you do everything together? Hmm. Answers no. here are... <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, we live on opposite sides of the fucking country. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, because we hate being apart. I do hate being mm-hmm. apart from you. Yeah. If I could yeah, keep you know, a, a little truth. Pokeball in my pocket, I would. Uh-huh. And then be like, Steven, I choose you. <laughs> Pokemon master. Um, our next <laughs> option is only when we plan to... Nah, that, we're pretty independent. Uh-huh. Yes, but it just comes naturally. Right. No way we'd go crazy or almost everything. I guess I'd have to say, nah, we're pretty independent. Yeah. That's the only choice I think that would work. Yeah. All right. What do you like? Oh, 
What do you like best about your significant other? Thank God we got to this. What do you like best about? Some of these don't make sense. The first option is something else that that's kind of skipping ahead. Huh. They make me laugh. Oh. You do make me laugh, Steve. Yeah, yeah, well, hey. Feelings mutual guy. Oh, they understand me. I think you I think Aww. you do get a grip on Ben. Yep. They know exactly what I like. I think you do that too. Hmm. Mhm. <laughs> yep. They're always <laughs> up for anything like doing a fucking podcast across the yeah. country so i think that's good sounds fun they're yeah. very driven we are both very driven that is true how else would we make it they balance me out perfectly i don't know that you balance me out exactly no. because we just do the same shit it's like we like horror yeah. movies and drinking <laughs> and metal and yeah so i don't think that one yeah i um, believe i believe uh the the major podcast uh criticism for us is that we're basically like ebert and ebert <laughs> But way yeah. funnier. Yeah, way funnier. Because uh, we're still alive. <laughs> also that, yes. <laughs> I would. Uh, I would have to. I, I would instinctively answer this. They make me laugh because that was my first yeah. thing I liked about you, Steve, is that you. Yeah, you do make uh, me laugh. Yeah, certainly. That's uh, what uh, made our friendship. I would say. But you do also understand me and know what I like and yada yada. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with that laugh. One finger in the butthole. And the f- that wasn't an option, so I didn't choose that. Oh. Alright, I have a I have an ad before I can check our results. <laughs> oh good. Oh, dude, look at this. We are what is it? the funny couple. Aww. And there's a picture on the screen of Sasha Baron Cohen and Isla Fisher. I like to think that okay. I'm Isla Fisher because she's hot. She is super cute. Um and I like to think I'm Sasha Baron Cohen because He's taller than me, and <laughs> so hot. So, oh wait, no. It says your personality is the funny couple. You and your significant other get invited basically <laughs> anywhere because of this. We do. That is true. I don't think anybody's ever been like, can't have Ben and Steve here. They'll ruin the party. Yeah, fuck no. They'll make this stuff not good. Uh, not only do you have great sense of humor separately, but together you are a riot. God damn, this thing is right. <laughs> Way to go, Play Buzz. You both love to laugh and spread the joy, which explains the need for your friends and family to feed off the wonderful energy and vibes you exude. They do that. They do. Those vampires feeding <laughs> yeah. off my vibes. Damn laughter vamps, vampires. Um, it would be unfair not to mention that you totally get each other. Seeing the, hum- the humor in almost anything is what gets you through hard times Acting as a mutual support system. Oh, Steve. Yep. That is totally us. Oh, PlayBuzz, you got us. Now, as always, PlayBuzz, if you'd like to advertise, (laughs) dead and lovely, contact us at 5445 Santa Monica Boulevard. Just because you seem like a lighthearted couple, it doesn't mean those hearts aren't super big in size. Look at us. That is true. Yeah. I think they nailed it. Definitely have a big heart. I it runs in the family. Uh, it's enlarged heart. Kill us all. Yeah, enlarged heart. <laughs> oh man. So I wonder if if our couple from the movie audition were to take this. Oh, what would they say? I bet they'd get funny couple too. Because <laughs> this is a romantic comedy 
for sure, and I'll <laughs> prove it to you today. I can't wait to hear about this. Okay, so let me give you guys right. a little backstory. So back in 2016, when we recorded this podcast in that other reality, where yeah. Berenstein Bears was spelled Berenstein instead of Berenstain, what the yeah. fuck is up with that? I don't know. Holy it makes shit. no sense. MAGA. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps coming out of me. <laughs> So, whenever we recorded this for the first time, this was the first time that I had ever watched that movie. I'd heard about it a lot, and I'd seen a couple of Takashi's other movies, like Ichi the Killer, uh-huh. Ichi uh, the Killer yeah. Happiness of the Katakuris, um, Gozu, uh-huh. several others. I've seen a bunch of his flicks. His, uh, his Masters, a big fan. have you seen his Masters of Horror? Is that Dumplings? Uh, imprint. Imprint. Oh, Imprint's fucking badass. It's really cool. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. thinking of Dumplings. Didn't he direct that? I don't know. I don't remember. I might be wrong about that. Um, but yeah, Imprint is really, really, really cool. Um, I enjoyed that as well. So this wasn't the first Takashi movie I'd seen, but whenever we watched this the first time, it was the first time that I had watched Audition. Um, was it the first time yeah. that you had seen this movie when we originally did it? Yes, it absolutely was. As um, I, I've not seen... If a movie is predominantly torture porn or is like has a, a reputation for that... I generally have not seen it. Yeah, because that's not typically like my kind of thing. Like that's yeah, not really it's, scary. It's per not se. horror to me. Yeah, yeah. The, but to, to uh, me, there's a very different line I think between what constitutes horror to some people means like stuff that startles you and jump scares and gore. Certainly. And it's like I don't really think that's necessarily horror. I think that's startling and gross, but I don't really think that's horror per se. Yeah. Hey, Ben, hold on one second. I have to pee so bad, I'm going to die. Oh, you do that. And yeah. in the meantime, <laughs> I'll continue entertaining the audience more. And you just tell me whenever you're back. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Okay. So my buddy, Brandon Suttles, who I call Brandon Skittles, he was just a, a great dude, was one of the guys that really kind of got me into expanding my view of film and movies and so on. Because before him, like, I always really enjoyed movies, but he's the guy that started introducing me to some more foreign horror movies and some more artsy um, and independent flicks and stuff that I hadn't really seen before. So I owe Brandon everything that I have for my knowledge of anything Takashi-related. I think the first Takashi movie that he ever showed me, because he was, like, a huge Takashi fan. And for those of you guys who don't know, Takashi has, like, something like 80 or 90 movies he's released. He's one of the most prolific directors of of all time it's kind of insane how much work that guy does brandon i think owns about 40 or 50 of his movies and is just a huge fan of his so um whenever i met brandon in college we started watching through some takashi flicks which like i said included hello, hello. oh are you back hello, is, this, is this where i sit hello it's <laughs> me steven's grandfather hello <laughs> what if my grandfather did sound like that that would make no sense i'm from the south That'd be awesome. Well, I was just telling about my, my history is watching Takashi flicks with my buddy Brandon. And um, the first one that I watched was Ichi the Killer, which at the time when I watched it, it, it really, really just kind of made me come unglued. I had no idea what to think about that movie. And since then, I've watched it again, and I really, really dig that movie. And we watched mm-hmm. several others. Um, he and my wife watched Audition, but I didn't watch it back then um i don't i honestly think with my view of movies back then i probably wouldn't have really dug it um so i'm kind of glad that i watched this one for the first time only several months ago so have you ever watched any other takashi flicks 
Uh, yeah, I've seen Ichi. I've seen um, Imprint. Uh, I can't think of any other offhand. But yeah, I've seen a couple. So whenever we watched, whenever we watch movies for this podcast, we usually watch them and like take notes and kind of go over it sort of scene by scene. Um, whenever I watch this movie, I can't exactly remember the circumstance, but I never took notes for it. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched it like twice, I think, and never yeah. took notes down. We just kind of talked about it last time. So whenever you watch yeah. this, you kind of went over it, and I think you watched it again the other day, right? I did, and I broke the story. I um, you cracked the, the code. first time. Yeah, the first time we talked about this, we did not comprehend what this movie is. Oh man! And and I will tell you now, this is a romantic comedy with an extended dream sequence. That's it. That's it. That's Another awesome. I, I think it's a. I think it's a really cool flick. It's one of those that. Um, I wouldn't necessarily just put on any old time because, oh, what a great, what a jolly film this is that makes <laughs> no. me feel good. It's not really like no. that. Um, there are things I love about this movie, but it's not a jolly film. It's one of those flicks that, honestly, I enjoy talking about more than I do watching it, if that makes sense. It's like watching it is just kind of yeah. like, you know, watching the movie is about like a 5 out of 10. Talking about it is a 10 out of 10 because there's a lot of subtext and stuff that you can analyze and a lot of social commentary and stuff like that that you could look at as far as, you know, relationships and dating and especially yes. gender stereotypes and so on. Yes. It's a it's a fun movie like it's one of those ones that I would put as a it's a fun movie to watch with people that have never seen it just to see what they think it's about. Yeah, it really is. And, and a lot, a lot of my my favorite flicks are like that, where it's like I just want to watch this with you and see what you think of it. Um, and th- this one is impossible, I think, to fully get from uh, an American standpoint to fully get this movie the first time you watch it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of cultural subtext and stuff going on with this movie. That, yeah, yeah, and I don't even really think that watching it once constitutes watching it because whenever you watch this movie. Um, just one time, and obviously, if you're listening to this, gigantic spoilers. We talk about the fucking movie here. Um, whenever you watch this for the first time, you just get the impression that it's about this uh, Japanese guy who is getting on up in his years, and he's like, oh, you know, he's got pressure from his his son and his mm-hmm. uh, co-worker and stuff like this. Oh, you know, you're getting old. You need to settle down and get married. And so basically what he does is he... He works for a, a kind of a TV or movie company, a media company. Yeah, he works. Yeah, he's a he works for a production company. And so he starts hosting an audition for a, a movie that doesn't exist just so that he can meet pretty females and try to find an appropriate one and he falls in love with this girl who turns out being an absolute lunatic and uh, or does she or does she exactly? And at the end of the movie, what we see is she, like, cuts his foot off, and she's, like, had a guy. She's killed at least one one or two other guys, um, and she's a lunatic. So, ba- yeah, basically, that's a gist. A guy looks for a girl. He ends up going out with a girl who's a fucking maniac. Yeah. Now, at least that's what it seems like the first time. Yeah, that is what it seems like. And that would all um, make sense mm-hmm. if you if you – don't catch that about an hour into the movie, 
he falls asleep. Yeah. And that is the moment when everything goes wacky. That's when they're like on and, vacation or something, right? Yeah, it's when he takes her, he's going to propose to her at the resort in the mountains, which mm-hmm. looks gorgeous. Yeah. Um, there are a few things we should mention here that that happen in the beginning that aren't the most important things. But his wife dies in the beginning mm-hmm. when his son is very young. And this, of course, um, this would be a very difficult situation. You got to raise your child alone, whatever. Sure. Um, his son seems to, we skip forward into the future. His son seems to be extremely well adjusted, just fine. But the dad is, and stuff. Yeah, he's uh, he's a dinosexual. He <laughs> only talks about dinosaurs. Yes. Um, he's, <laughs> he's so he's so brazen about his dinosexuality that when he's looking at dinosaur porn later on his computer and his dad walks in, he doesn't even turn off the monitor. He's like, "This is normal, right?" Uh. Seriously though, the, the way this kid talks about dinosaurs, it's like, "Dude, what? Like, this is this is shit that's like above." Jurassic Park level talking about dinosaurs. Like, you are over everybody's head. Just <laughs> calm it down. Dinos. Um, yeah, but his kid is well adjusted, but he is lonely and sad. And his kid points it out. Like, you're you're lonely and sad. I'd be okay if you started dating again. Yeah. Pretty a cool di- kid. Especially if it was a pterodactyl or a brontosaurus. Yeah, he does mention that. He says, like, now be sure if it is a brontosaurus that you can handle the fact that your size won't measure up. <laughs> and then he's like, is that an Asian joke? Oh. And, and, and then and I was like, hey, hold on, guys. This is getting in dicey territory. Yeah. <laughs> but no, his son's like, no, brontosaurus, it's huge. Also, it probably didn't exist. It's just an apatosaurus with another <laughs> head put on top. What? <laughs> the movie really is, it, I mean, it goes deep onto the dinosaur stuff. It's, it's really a lot kind of, of a, shit about dinosaurs. It's a yeah. huge dinosaur fans movie. Yeah, but it, I mean, it, it sets to right it, all the wrongs that Jurassic Park laid forth. Oh, that is a good point because at one point the kid does say to Asami, not the mama. <laughs> P.S. Yeah. Dinosaurs, the series, it's way uh-huh. darker than you remember. Super fucking dark. Jesus Christ, that. It makes Ugh. me kind of like sad to watch it again. It's it it's, ends in an extinction. Have we e- talked about this before? Yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck! Do you remember the episode um, where like his boss is gonna kill him and like eat him? And he, his boss yes. is like fucking a million feet tall. And it's really fucking weird. Yeah, that show was strange. Yeah. Um, now this um, th- we should say that throughout this, I I'm not going to try to pronounce a lot of the names oh no not no because, I don't even not remember because the names. yeah not because like i don't want to like make the effort it, it's it's just that like while watching the movie i couldn't get how they pronounce them and then seeing them written down i i know that i'll mispronounce them and so i'm not i'm just not even gonna try i know that the last name of the father and the son is ayoyama mm-hmm. um and our main uh, female character is Asami. 
Okay, that's right. I mean, yeah. really, it's a very small cast movie, so like for all intents yeah. and purposes, it's like there's the dude, there's his son, yeah. there's the the female interest, there's yeah. a guy and that works his, with the dude, and there's yeah, a ballet instructor, and that's about it. Yeah. So um, he he goes out with his his friend that he works with at the production company, and they're at the bar, and uh, the the friend is being super sexist about a nearby group of girls who just Streaming. laugh yeah yeah he he calls them like uh horrible girls he says oh he says awful girls no class and stuck up stupid as well where are all the attractive women and i i immediately thought okay so is this guy just a reddit commenter like <laughs> or what? is he running for president like, <laughs> oh right! I didn't. Uh, the last line was grabbing by the pussy. Yeah, Man. yeah. I should have. Oh, I'm laughing, but I was, it's it's really not funny. It is. It is. Uh, yeah, uh, but it's dystopian funny. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> so um. Ayama says that he he wants a woman with confidence. He says he he wants you know a, a girl who's not too young, a girl who has some some work experience, maybe has like a, a talent, you mm-hmm. know, so that she has some confidence in herself. And, and again, a lot of the things that he lays out, he's like, I want a girl who's young and pretty, uh, and I'd love it if she could yeah. dance or play an instrument. He basically, yeah. and again, this is cultural subtext, but he basically lays out qualities that you see in the prototypical gay show yeah yeah he kind of wants that yeah that's and, and you know what like um it, it's a romantic comedy as mm. i said like if we look at it like that and compare it to every other romantic comedy yeah that is what they always describe yeah. you never hear a guy describe like uh, an actual woman he's always just describing the actress that they've cast yeah, and I feel even. Yeah. yeah. So um he's describing this ideal woman and it's going to come back to bite him in the ass. Yeah. Which is kind of but it doesn't. Again, as I said, this has an extended dream sequence, but it's going to come back to to make him feel like he's being bitten in the ass cuz he feels like his relationship may be too perfect. Right. But um there, there's this major issue, of course, that this is a super sexist setup that is, it would be a good movie if it did pay off the way that The Last Hour seems to pay off. Right. But the fact that we're given the, the, this is all a dream, uh, out kind of ruins it. Because mm. what what this does is it does this super sexist setup of a of a rom com, and then it's almost like the woman gets her revenge for it, but she doesn't. Unfortunately, they set up this audition. Um, this is supposed to be comical, but I don't get a lot of the jokes. Right. Yeah. Again, cultural things. I think. Yeah, it is. Some of them are like reference jokes. One of the reference jokes, though, is uh, I think they asked one of the actresses who her favorite actor is, and the actor she says is his the the main character's friend. Yeah. So like, and then they laugh. They like crack up. So 
but like that that kind of breaks the, the fourth wall in a way that kind of makes weird, it yeah. all make even less sense i didn't know that that's really strange yeah um so they they interview all these girls and each one i guess is supposed to be a joke like there's supposed to be something funny there like something but, ditzy or something yeah whatever yeah and, and again it, the jokes I don't know if they're not landing because they're uh, it's a cultural difference or if they're not landing because they're rom-com jokes that just aren't funny yeah which in but, that case it's like it's supposed to be that way yeah and if it's supposed to be that way then it's kind of brilliant yeah. but um they get to Asami near the end and most of the way Ayama hasn't said much he hasn't said really anything in the interviews but he had kind of fallen in love with her um, her essay about why she wanted the part. Mm -hmm. And she had said that she used to she used to dance ballet and she had gotten an injury and her dreams had been crushed and that she didn't even care if she got the part, etc. And he, I guess really liked. <laughs> you know how some guys like women whose dreams have been crushed? Yes, and it's the kind of thing that I think, and again, to me, very much of this movie is about gender stereotypes, and one mm -hmm. of the most you know, prevalent gender stereotypes I see in very toxic real-life relationships is the guy who wants to fix the woman. Yep, that's exactly what this is. This isn't yep. good. Um, this isn't something that I think is a great way to build a relationship or anything like this, but... I, uh, especially in my younger years, my teenage years, I just used to see so many relationships that were built on, oh, wow, I think I can fix this person. And it's like, no, nah, man, that's, that's really not a good start to anything. <laughs> no, not a good way to get into anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. If the situation you're going into needs to be fixed before you can even start working on it, mm. like, uh, that's, that's a problem. Yeah, e exactly. Because typically that involves having an ideal of a an end result of uh, you know it's like oh the end result of this will be someone that i like i don't like them really right yeah. now but after i fix them they'll be great yeah. it's like no yeah. that's a horrible start to anything nope. really yeah don't go that way i'm not um, i'm so not saying that nobody should have baggage or problems going into a relationship with someone but i'm saying you should love someone for who they are not who they would be after you fix them because that's fucked up who are you fucking frankenstein you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yeah, you should find somebody who has a lot of problems and try to fix them. We do disagree. Look at us. I disagree. <laughs> so he, he ends up uh, finding this chick that he likes, and, and he likes her because it says that she has problems that she, yeah, she used to be a dancer and can't do it anymore. Yet yeah. Yet. Yeah. And so in the interview, he basically just compliments her on her essay and then... She leaves, and the, the friend is like, that was weird. You're a weirdo, weirdo. Um, and so he goes home that night, and then on an impulse decides to call her and take her out to a bar. Um, now, this is interesting because they go out to this this small restaurant, and they have this, this little chat where... 
he asks her some things about herself, but the, they don't get in depth about each other, mm -hmm. really. No. It's a, it's a real topical. sort of surface. Yeah, a real sort of surface topical date. Um, but she's, she likes him and he likes her. I mean, that's, that's kind of how first dates go. Um, and so they, they part and he, he kind of, he's kind of falling for her. Um, and he tells his friend about what happened and his friend's like, okay, just do me a favor. Don't call her for a little bit. Don't seem desperate. Yeah, don't seem desperate because she's young. You're older. You have a steady job. You have a good family, a house, etc. Like you, you're, you're in a position that a, a lot of young women might want to take advantage of you. So he's being sexist again. Like, yeah. But he's also offering good advice just from a, a wrong standpoint. Good advice after a first date, just kind of, you know, pump the brakes. Like yeah, think think about it a little bit um but yeah he he's he does he he sort of slows down and we also get to meet then his secretary that we, oh, yeah. we find he seems like a totally rational normal person <laughs> yeah <laughs> that he could she, not give a fuck uh, less about yeah at all and but, she she's because just she like does not act or look like a fucking geisha or something yeah, and we find out that like they they had uh, they had sex once, um, and oh, yeah, she comes right. she comes up to him and she's like, uh, "I'm I'm getting married soon," and he's like, "Oh oh really?" Like he seems unconcerned, but also like a little uh, embarrassed. It's almost like he feels like I shouldn't have had sex with her. Um, so there there's a little of this weirdness between him and the secretary, but he, okay, here is where, here's where the weirdness begins. And I want to explain it from my perspective of this movie. Okay. He, he picks up the phone to call her, but then like sets it down. And in between he has, this is my interpretation, but we see in the movie, we see, Asami sitting near the phone in a weird position and a a bag sitting near the phone. She's just sitting stock still, just staring at the phone. Yeah. There's this huge burlap sack. Uh-huh. Now, here's what I will say. This is. This is him imagining her just sitting by the phone. All she can do is wait for his call. Right. Like, clearly, she's just waiting for me to call her. Uh-huh, and that bag is just the baggage he imagines she has. Okay, yeah, good, good, yeah. good. Mm -hmm. Because the first time that we saw the cutaway to that shot of her apartment uh, was when it, sh uh, it showed him in his car listening to the radio and the advertisement for the audition played, and it showed that same exact shot in the apartment. Uh, I'm not sure if the bag was there, but the girl sitting in that same position was the l girl who plays young Asami. No way. It wasn't even, yeah, it wasn't even regular Asami. So I didn't catch I'm that. Positive, I am positive at that shot. And even just this her is him entire, yeah, her entire apartment is just him imagining. Cause her apartment living, is dead empty. It's literally just her yeah. sitting by phone, yeah, which is to say like, her waiting for a means to communicate with him. 
Yeah, and it's like falling apart and stuff. So he's wow. imagining this for her. We never see what's really going on with her, in in my opinion of this movie. Right. So, um, so he's just imagining hmm. that he doesn't call. He like hangs up instead of calling, and then maybe the next day he calls, and she says that uh, she basically just says something like, "I I I was really hoping you would call." So, like, it almost validates his feeling that, like, she was just sitting by the phone waiting for his call. Right. Um, but really, she's just saying, like, oh, like, I enjoyed our first date. Let's go on another one. So they go on another one. And this is where things start getting weird. And by the way, we're, like, 45 minutes into this movie at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's kind this of a movie, slow burn. This movie had followed up to uh, this point followed very clearly a rom-com dynamic right like it even had no some like, vaguely funny elements and so on yeah there's and, no horror and at even all yeah. the visual style of the movie does not look anything like a horror movie if anything i would say the movie more strongly resembles like a lifetime made for tv movie than yeah. anything yeah, there and there are like a, a few scenes that are soft focus and sort of like totally yeah, romancy yeah. looking. Yeah, does so not look like on, a horror movie. Yeah, they go on this other date and they start in a bar where um, he they're both just having I think maybe a flute of champagne. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. It looks something like That's that. That's right. Both. Yeah, they're both just sitting there and they're talking, and it keeps. It, you have to pay attention. There, there keep being these like quick cuts as yeah. they're talking. These are like quick black moments. Now later, we will see in his dream some fill-in moments for those, like the stuff um, that happened in between the scenes that we. Saw. Yeah, the stuff they were talking about in between that we didn't see here. Right, and then and then it it like hot it like warp cuts. To they're in a restaurant in the middle of a conversation yeah. and later in his dream we will see sort of what happened there but also that it's it's all a little murky right so this this is where it all gets real weird this is where things start getting strange because we as the viewer aren't getting what actually happened right so we're getting like cut out from from seeing everything that happens and then uh he and his friend are up on a rooftop and he's uh he's playing a round of throw golf oh. where you just i guess you just throw some golf balls at a bucket while his friend is holding a pitching wedge um i back it but his his friend says like oh i called and checked up on her her manager i called and checked up on on you know her backstory and that it didn't fully check out and um when he asked her on the date like when he starts to say like hey uh your manager didn't fully check out and she says yeah i was told to say i had a manager because otherwise you guys wouldn't let me audition right. um that that is like the logical answer and like what happens next in my understanding of the movie is they go on this date uh this thing where he's gonna ask her to marry him uh she shows him her scar on her leg they have sex they wake up she accepts his proposal they go back to sleep the end right but there's an hour more to this movie yeah 
And <laughs> what happens is that they go to this resort and he's going to uh, propose to her and she shows him some scars on her leg where she was burned as a child and then uh, she grabs him and it cuts to him waking up in the bed and the bed is empty. Right. Now this is this is where like this is the horror movie part that this he is where you're he speculating kind of an entire dream sequence begins, right? Yeah. Yeah, entire dream sequence began the moment that he landed in the bed. So he wakes up at this point had, he, had she said that she would marry him yet? No, she okay. hasn't. So he wakes up and he's in this dream. In the dream, he gets a call from the front desk and the front desk says that his guest left. Yeah, she's gone. So this initiates everything, the all the weirdness. Him trying to find her and finding out her background and yeah. so on. So the first place he goes to find her is the old ballet studio. Yeah, where she used to dance before she got injured and so on. So do you remember um the the ballet instructor? He was very weird and he was like hobbled, like he had no feet and he was in a wheelchair. Yeah, he, his feet are gone, but he has uh, false feet that are covered in a type of leather that almost looks like real human skin. Ew. Yeah. He's got the beatus. Now, if the things that happen in his dream are consistent... Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like this is the story of what happened to Asami. Right. Asami had parents. Her father died. Um, she went to live with her aunt and uncle. Her aunt was cruel. She um, wouldn't. She would uh, not let Asami have like blankets and stuff. And Asami developed m- pneumonia. Mm-hmm. She would. She would basically torture Asami, and eventually. Asami was sent back to live with her mother after her mother remarried. Now, her mother, she remarried, and this guy had an issue with his feet where he couldn't leave the home. Mm-hmm. So this is the story that if if we believe that those moments in the bar that are cut out are then given back to us like cleanly in his dream... Her story is basically that her father ran away, her mother got remarried, and her mother um, uh, her mother had married a guy who had a problem with his feet and couldn't leave the home much. Okay. The story hmm. that he fills in... Which makes sense with based, a lot of the things I kind of think about what this movie's about. Yeah. The story that he seems to fill in is that her father had run away, so her mother cut off her stepdad's leg so he couldn't leave her stepdad is the ballet instructor right the ballet instructor uh tortured her uh, while the mother was away by burning her legs and um she then uh later moved on she got into a relationship as we'll find out Mm -hmm. with in the dream she got into a relationship with an executive at the uh, music management company. That guy was in a relationship with the owner of 
the stonefish, which is where she says that she worked as a bartender three right. times a week. Right, the bar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the the radio executive was in a relationship with the owner of the stonefish. The owner of the stonefish got killed, chopped up, and they also found at the site three extra fingers, an ear, and a tongue. Yeah, so, yeah, that didn't belong to him. Uh-huh. So, if all, if all of those things check out as true, what I'm saying is that all the things that don't fully check out as true or, or, or don't follow a full logic is that the the parts where we see the record executive in the bag being fed a, a bowl of puke cum. Yeah. The, the parts where we see um you know all, all these other things that are impossible like he he's getting a blowjob from Asami in her apartment even though he's never been in her apartment yeah. he's getting a blowjob from her and then she turns into his secretary and she has come all over her face yeah which is pretty fucking insane uh, yeah. and then the secretary turns into his son's new girlfriend yeah like that none of that tracks no so like that has to be a dream there's no other way for any of that to make sense sure yeah yeah um well i mean what do you think i mean what what is going on here with like what is his fear what is he why is all this happening in his dream right after he's proposed to the woman he thinks he's in love with. Well, essentially what I think that that so much of this movie is about, like really what I think that this movie is ultimately all about, whether, you know, some of it's a dream or not, I think that it's all basically about the worst possible gender stereotypes that male and female have about their counterparts in a in a relationship. Even the title of the movie um, audition. Yeah. You could call a date an audition. You're auditioning somebody to be your partner. That's all that a date is, right? Yeah, certainly. Um, and I think that what we see throughout so much of the movie are the worst possible stereotypes. Because here's the thing is like to a lot of people, whenever they watch this flick, especially if it's the first time you watch it, you think that it's a movie about, oh, a guy goes out to this girl, it turns out she's crazy and she fucking mutilates him and stuff, right? Yeah. And really, though, what you missed the first time around is that the dude, our, our main guy here, is really fucking shitty and has horrible attitudes about women. Um, and he basically represents all of the negative stereotypes of probably what a female expects a male to be in a relationship. He is literally holding audition to find the prettiest, youngest, skinniest, most talented female... <laughs> of the bunch that he can possibly get to be his life partner, which again is what dating basically is for a lot of guys. Um, what he's doing is completely sexist and is just basically trying to find an, an object which he can marry, which is good enough for him. Yeah. And again, we, I, I, we see the things of like him just assuming she is just waiting by the phone for his call and so on. Yeah. And I, I think just to, I mean, because maybe we haven't provided enough evidence that he is sexist. He does use the words about his uh, future um, wife, obedient and well-trained. 
And he refers to the audition as like buying my first car. Oh, dude. And then, so there, there's no like, there's no, no area of gray as to whether or not he's he's shitty about this. Exactly, and that's the thing too is like, if you watch this movie and you get to the end and you see him being mutilated by her and you like feel really bad for him, you're probably pretty fucking stupid. Like he's a shitty person, you know. He's not meant to yeah. be a, a good, likable uh, dude. If if you have, you know, I think respect yeah, for him and stuff. Uh, but again, this is his dream. Yeah. So like. Is okay. he realizing that? Like he's realizing as he as he proposes to her and stuff like that. He's realizing like, oh, first off, I don't know that much about her. She could be crazy, etc. But also like, have I I've been really shitty to her. Like I haven't even told her about my son and my my dead wife. I haven't told right. her all these things. So well, that, that's, like, that's kind of the thing about it, really, though, is most of the negative male stereotypes in the movie that come from him are sort of pre-dream sequence. And then yeah. post-dream sequence, which is when they're on the vacation and he asks her to marry and stuff, that's when we start getting into the other side of the story, which is what the the very negative female stereotypes of the movie are as far as like what a man expects a woman to do. Now, this is where sh- stuff gets really... Um, very brutal and very negative to me because uh, apparently I guess you could say basically what the the male stereotype of what a woman could do in the worst possible way is literally hobbling him so he can't rub off, uh, run off and, yeah. and le- I mean literally cutting his feet off so he can't run away we see yeah. with, with the guy that, um, that she keeps in the burlap bag she has cut his tongue out and literally made him speechless yeah. So it's like the male's perspective of the worst thing a female could do is like, oh, you know, just fucking cripple me, silence me. And then even like that scene where, again, with the guy in the burlap bag where she's like throwing up into a bowl and feeding it to him. It's like that's yeah, that's that's essentially just like mother birding him. That's mama bird. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it is. Yeah, that's the that is some fear that some men have that. If you let your wife go off and earn the money, what she's doing basically is going off and sucking the cum out of other men and coming back and puking it up so you can drink it up. Ugh. Like, like that, and it's a, I mean, I, I didn't create any of those images, but that's what is, this movie is sort of presenting in his dream that that's his, that's one of his fears is that she's going to hobble him She's gonna take away his masculinity. Exactly. She's gonna take take away his power, and then he will be beholden to her, and and she will just you know be empowered to do whatever she wants. Yeah. Um, and, and so this, again, his fears uh, tell us more about where his mind is. Like he he's so he's got some issues with women for sure. Yeah, absolutely so. And she has issues with men, clearly. Well, yeah, in in his mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like, if, if any of those things are true, we don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like they're not, though. I feel like it's all him. I feel like he's the one who is imagining these things because there is some ambiguity. His friend is saying, like, I'm not, I don't know about this. 
manager and then he finds out well yeah I, li I lied about the manager and then he thinks like oh she might be lying about everything and then he finds uh, the bar where the guy was killed and there's extra parts yeah. that didn't add up yeah which of and, course the, uh, the tongue and so on belongs to the guy in the bralette bag yeah and the 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 delivery guy like says you know i i've never seen such a a, a lady working here so like um like why would she this is the interesting thing. If she never worked at the Stonefish Grill, why would she point him to the place where she killed someone yeah. and killed Like, why? Uh, but again, that's absurd dream logic. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, Yeah, this follows the Friday, the or, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, dream logic type of thing where it's just things don't entirely work, but they do because it's a dream. Right, right. It's not real. And then not long after that is where we have her doing the home invasion where she uh, busts into his house and fucking sprays him with stuff that kind of like paralyzes him. Well, she she poisons his uh, his whiskey. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And then she she uh, gives him a shot in his tongue so Ugh. he can't speak. Uh, and the thing is that these scenes shouldn't be overlooked because these are the best scenes for the actress for sure oh my god yeah because she's had to be like reserved and demure and not show like anything up to this point and then she gets to do all this and uh, i read that takashi mike told her to just have fun with it like just you know really enjoy yourself and she does like she's like smiling and having a good time because you know for her it's all fake and the more fun that she seems to be having, the more menacing it really is. Oh, God. And, and even, too, like, before she starts doing the really punishing stuff to him, she goes off and she comes back wearing a... It's like a oh, black yeah. leather apron. It's very, like... God, I It's very dominatrixy. Which, which it's again, so cool. Which, again, to a very stereotypical male uh, kind of standpoint, it's like the, the fear of being dominated by a woman... Uh, to this character, I'm sure, is very, very, very uh, imposing and bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, this is an iconic scene that has been oh my God. somewhat recreated in uh, American Mary, which I highly recommend. I mm. think is a, a good horror movie that's more recent. But it, this is so cool because, yeah, she becomes the the dominant one, and that's she literally I mean, again, straddles him like he's laying he's laying yeah. down and she straddles him yeah she takes out these long needles and and, and she start notice she penetrates him yeah she starts right in his 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 uh most sensitive area of the stomach she's just pushing these needles into these really Ooh. painful spots and she just uh, she's saying like deeper, deeper in English, but it it sounds like kitty, 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 Ugh. kitty, and it's like it's so creepy. Weird, and she's just smiling as she does it, just so great. I love the way that awesome. she plays it, and she puts in all these needles, just big needles, and, and he's, then slides he's paralyzed, up on. But, but he can still. Yeah. They make it clear to let you know that like he's paralyzed, but he can still feel everything yeah. his nerves are still work he just can't move yeah and she she slides up onto 
those needles like she's like straddling those needles and just they're shoving harder and like into a different angle that would be so painful oh my god so brutal to watch then she she takes some needles and she puts them through his eyelids to the back of his eye like under his eyeball oh my god um and and then I, I really like the foley work here, where she she just sort of flicks one, and it's like boing. Oh, dude, the sound effects <laughs> Which, and stuff for for all of that all of that scene are really fucking disgusting. Yeah, and that is that actually I think furthers my point that it's a dream because right. the sound effects suddenly become like a huge deal, and they're, they're real like big. they're real they're big. real big. Yeah. Um. So she's doing this, and then she, um. He he slips into his dream further. Like from this, like doesn't he he goes further into the dream where he suddenly like starts having more images of her uh kill killing the uh piano uh, or the ballet instructor right. at the piano with like the piano with, wire like kind of the wire. wiring him and stuff yeah mm. and then it cuts back to him and he's she's she's pulling out that wire to use on his feet yeah to and, cripple him and immobilize him yeah and this is scary as shit but also she plays it like there's no other way to say it adorably oh my like, god and it's so she gets into a cute position and she's like smiling she got like her tongue a little bit on her teeth and she's like rick 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 like it's, it's like she's doing like foot. arts and crafts day and she's like this is fun. yeah and she saws off the first one and then picks it up and a great shot from outside through the the patio window she throws the foot at the window and it just hits and thuds and falls down the sound effects of her sawing through it, it it's really one of those things they did a lot of work on but the sound effect of her sawing through skin and then sawing through muscle like uh-huh. wet bloody muscle and then sawing through bone and then finishing and it just going and disconnecting from the leg fucking disgusting like some of the most effective sound effect work i've seen in a violent scene oh god it's so bad and the cool thing is that he because he's paralyzed and his tongue is paralyzed he can't fully scream so like you you get the sounds of the sawing more than screaming right and it's like so detached and so disgusting like just those those like you don't like to think of your body as like something that can be sawed through. Oh, it's so and it's so slow <laughs> and just agonizing, yeah. dude. And she's she's sawing through the second foot, and that's when her his son comes home, right? Yeah, his son comes home and she picks up this spray, and again, there's no other way to refer to it, but cutely, she sprays this spray and sort of has this like menacing smile. Um, I and I think it's some sort of pepper spray. Kind of like, yeah, or, or like ether yeah. or something that like knocks you out. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. But she, he comes in and he's like, what's going on? And then she sort of like comes running at, oh, sorry. I said earlier it cuts into further into the dream. This is when, when oh, the sun comes in. Yeah, the sun comes in and he's like, dad. And then like the, you can see her coming at him from behind. And then it cuts further into the dream mm. where we see all this other stuff where it's like, Okay, so there's no way this is reality, or he, like, yeah, there's no way. It just doesn't make sense. There's no way this is reality. Right. And so she, 
you know, we see all that, the cut further into the dream. We come back and she's chasing the sun. He runs up the stairs um, and sort of falls at the top of the stairs and she starts spraying him with the spray, like in the face. And he kicks her, sending her just flying down the stairs. Yeah. Where her neck breaks. Right. And that's, that's, is that when... Oh no, okay, no, when <laughs> so I'm so sorry. I'm the one who most recently watched this and should be getting it right. Uh when whenever it cut away from whenever the sun came in, whenever it cut back away, that's when he wakes up in the resort bed and he checks his foot. And his foot's still there. Oh yeah. And she's that's right. there. That's right. And she wakes up and she accepts his proposal. And he's like freaking and freaking and then he sort of calms and he calms and he falls back asleep and he wakes back up and he's in the dream again. He's that's in right, that where dream he like immediately. That's a, that's a cool yeah. sequence just to kind of remind you of where you are in the story. Yeah. And to tell you like this is a dream. None right. of this is happening. He's freaking out because he asked her to marry him and he hasn't gotten an answer yet and he doesn't know enough about her and like Oh, so he's sexist. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's seeing so anyway, his future yeah. here. Yeah. So she, her neck's broken. She's at the bottom of the stairs. The son runs down to call the police. He calls. He's calling the police, and there's this conversation that's happening, which is again impossible. Her neck is broken. He yeah. can't speak. But they're having a sort of conversation. And then it starts um, replaying some things that were said earlier. Yeah. While they were, like, sort of dating. And, again, like, it, it becomes obvious at this point that, like, none of this could possibly be happening. Like, I, I guess there's a way of seeing this movie where he is naive and she is crazy and he, he does actually wake up and she's gone and all of this stuff does happen and he just sort of phases out and feels like maybe all of this was a dream bef like up to this point and that he's just gonna wake up in the resort and she's gonna accept his proposal right like there is a way of seeing that but it like the logic doesn't work out for me yeah uh, i don't know and, oh, and basically that's just kind of where the movie sort of wraps up right yeah it just ends there i mean the the best part about this is a dream yeah. as far as i'm concerned so the this is a it's creative the story is creative it, it has some creativity to it but also undercuts the entirety of the horror with uh first off its basis in sexism and second off its basis in a dream and it's interesting too because really depending on your i think depending on your perspective on what typical you know male female relationships are like definitely alters your perception on what this movie is about because again to, to, to dudes like us yeah um, I think that we watch it and we're just seeing it's like oh yeah these are just the worst gender stereotypes and the worst possible outcomes of what 
we yeah. expect of each other as genders and the outcomes of those things in relationship could be. But probably to a lot of, I bet probably to a lot of like fucking shitty dudes that watch this, they're probably like, yeah, that's yeah, about you gotta lot. be careful. Fuck, oh, fucking yeah. women, fucking cripple, you cut you your know, tongue out. They, like, s- they seem totally perfect, and then you walk up to them and you're like, bitch, you uh, cray. I bet, I, be, I, I bet you can't even name all the characters from Firefly. <laughs> and then they say, I don't want to, and you're like, yeah, that's right. Women don't like me because I'm so real. You know what would have been the best is though is like whenever the movie ends and it cuts to the credits. If the soundtrack goes to, hey, Go you're fuck. a crazy bitch, but you fuck so good about it. Oh, God, some Buck Cherry would have totally fixed everything. Is that who that was? I, yes, I have done more than one cruise gig with Buck Cherry. Oh, good. Put yeah, that, put that on that my go? tombstone, please. I already did. I listen. I always have your tombstone up, Aww. and ready to roll, so that I can just type up what you need. Is it on mytombstonedesigner.com? Right uh, yeah. Right now, you will be living in a pyramid the size of the Great Pyramid. So <sighs> that's so great. Hey, I mean, listen. You've said too many good things. <laughs> Do you think that's what the pyramids are covered in? Just cool shit the pharaohs said. I like to think so. Yeah, like you see like two people with wheat uh like, you know, from the side handing the wheat to uh, a hippopotamus-headed god, but really like the the pharaoh is just like, what if you gave wheat to a hippopotamus-headed god? Wouldn't that be, be crazy, silly, right? It'd be goofy. Yeah. And everybody was like, yeah, I guess, and they wrote it down. <laughs> you had to pretend that the pharaoh was funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a I think this is a pretty cool flick though and, and, and like I said I do think yeah. that very much depending on what your what your feelings are about the typical behaviors of the opposite gender um, are or would be I think it definitely changes your perception on on this movie um, it's cool like it, it, it's one of those that like I said earlier like I won't necessarily watch like for fun again and again um, no like I didn't yeah. watch it again before we did this podcast because I was like well really I mean it's it's a pretty slow movie and it's very simple. I mean, ultimately it's very yeah. simple. Like there's there's a lot of weird shit that happens that you can interpret a lot of ways like what we talked about, but it's ultimately a pretty simple movie, so I don't feel like it's one of those I need to watch again and again. But like I said earlier, it's one of those that I want to watch with other people just to see what they get out of it. Yeah. It's certainly like as far as likes or dislikes with this movie, I like the I like the concept behind um, this sexist uh, asshole holding an audition that turns out really bad for him. Yeah. But because the the, the story doesn't fully bear that out, um, I, I fully dislike the twist. I dislike the dream element. Mm-hmm. I do like the way that the dream element plays out because it... it it gets really weird and it's very interesting. Like, oh yeah, what like the the way you get into his psyche through the dream is really interesting. But the fact that the dream element undercuts uh, any other message that the movie might have uh, is is a negative for me for sure. I can see that. I can totally see what you mean. Um, 
for me, as far as likes and dislikes, like I really enjoy, like you said, I really enjoy the sexist angles that you can look into and see this movie from, from both sides. Cause I mean, really it's like both, but both sides can be guilty here. You know, the, 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 the guy just wanting his fucking perfect geisha that he's looking for the woman crippling the man and, and, and so on. There's no really truly guiltless party in this whole thing. Um, I enjoy that element of it. I like movies where there's not necessarily a lot of violence and gore, but whenever there is violence or gore, it's it comes in way fucking hot and it kind of blows your hair back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, have you ever seen like a history of violence with like Viggo Mortensen? Yes. Like that's a really chill, sedate movie. Yeah, up dude, until a certain point. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it kind of like Drive, too. Like, Drive has a few moments of yes. just, like, horrific, brutal violence that you're almost lulled into submission. And then when it happens, it's just like, holy fucking shit. Um, I like that element in movies, and this, this movie definitely has quite a lot of that where you don't really expect violence or weirdness. And then when it happens, it's extremely surreal or extremely violent. And two, like, I'll, I'll tell you, I haven't seen a couple of his other flicks. A lot of times, Takashi handles violence with an almost almost cartoonish panache. Um, a lot of the yeah. violence in his other flicks is handled with CGI, and it looks, like, super fake and really corny and really, really lame. Honestly, it really kind of takes you out of it. There's a lot of the kills in yeah. Ichi that are just, no, like, this, this so is over the top. very practical. This is very practical and looks great. Yeah, I I agree. The gore and stuff and the way it's used in this movie is very convincing and very, very very good. So I like that about it, too. As far as, honestly, as far as dislikes, I feel like this could have been a short film. Like, this could have been a Masters of Horror and been, like, 30 minutes long, really. Shouldn't be two hours, for sure. Yeah, like, really, it, it, it is... And again, I like a slow burn movie, but... This is pretty fucking slow. Um, I yeah. do feel like it could have been cut down to being like a short film um, kind of thing. And a lot of the visual of the movie does look like a lifetime or like, you know, straight to DVD movie. It doesn't it doesn't look great per se. Um, yeah. over, overall, I would say like as far as like how much fun I have watching it, if I was to give it like a like a one out of ten rating, I would say it's probably like maybe like a five out of ten. Um, yeah, but it's one of those that, that I, I still feel is very important that people should watch it. It's like I feel like as far as impact and importance, it's probably more like an eight out of ten. Yeah, it has it has some importance for sure. But I mean, just watching it uh, post I- any real impact it has, it's like, well, this is not the best movie in the world. Yeah, four four and a half for me, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but fun to talk I, about and fun to see what people have to say about it. Yeah. Um, since we're from the future, true, 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 I can true. say that there's another movie we watch in the future <laughs> that um, involves a dream um, that doesn't undercut. And in fact, um, really, really... Um, helps to make the story deeper mm-hmm. by having this sort of dream reveal later on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that movie is high tension. So mm-hmm. like when, when we talk about that later, I, I think that this movie could have done that and doesn't, and that movie does. So you, 
if you're gonna use dreams you gotta you gotta make sure that you're not undercutting any sort of strong message you're sending right 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 yeah overall i i, I enjoyed the flick i think it's pretty cool it's it's one of those to watch yeah uh, it's a, got some great parts too mm-hmm. especially if you're a dinosexual i mean <laughs> if you're a dinosexual and you feel like jurassic park's your only way to go this one will help yeah this is totally for you yeah well so steve what uh what are we going to cover next on the show here maybe possibly redo from the future if the audio is yeah. fucked uh which it, um, it very well may be knowing how we recorded those original podcasts that's might, absolutely possible because uh, yeah we we re we did my one of my favorite horror movies in the mouth of madness by john carpenter yes um and it, it's probably gonna need to be re-recorded if it is, I'm fine with that because I will watch that movie any time of the day, any day of the year. Yeah, same here. Whenever we reviewed it, that was the first time that I'd seen it, and I found it. I found it to become one of my favorite horror movies. I think it's yeah. really fucking cool. I really great like movie. that movie. So, even if we do have to redo it, it'll be great. But if uh, if I go back and check the audio and it's fine, you guys will have a great episode from. Steven Ben from the past. The past. Which you haven't actually seen since our debut episode. A whole episode of <laughs> past Ben and Steve. So we'll we'll see about that. Hey, so Ben. Hey, our Steve. listeners can find us dead and lovely pod at gmail.com. Email us with uh, your comments, email us with your questions, with requests. Email us with dick pics. Um, mm, I love those. Fat I love pics. a dick pic. You know, I had a. Yeah. I was wondering recently, like after, after like the very first, like camera phones came out to where we could like send photos to each other and stuff. How long did it take for a dick pic? I know. Like I'm wondering if we're talking weeks or if we're talking like seconds. Because I think I seconds. In I bet in the lab. While they were making the phone, probably the first right. picture sent was a dick pic. I think that you're probably right to be like, hey, does this work? Here's my pee. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, I'm not sure this is a low res picture. Um, could you send it again? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at DeadLovelyPod. You guys can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at BenEllerGuitars. And you can find my YouTube channel on YouTube.com slash BenEllerGuitars, where you can find some great guitar instructional videos. Where can they track you down, Steve? I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram at Steven Spratling. Steven with a V, the only way to spell Steven. Mm. Um... You PH, could also PH people can PH fuck off. I I wouldn't mention this because I think this is a future revelation, but my dog has an Instagram and she almost has as many followers as me. <laughs> so <laughs> follow my dog at Salem T Boogans. That's Salem like the city in Massachusetts. T like the letter Boogans. B-O-O-G-I-N-S. Oh, what a darling. And hopefully you'll get a picture of her and some food. I don't know. Something super white. <laughs> and in the meantime, we'll catch you guys next time. Maybe from the past, maybe from the future, maybe a blend of both. Uh, we'll be covering in the Mouth of 
madness. Such a super cool flick. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please go on iTunes and rate and review this podcast. Please go on there. Give us a high rating and review it, even if it's just like saying, cool. Um, that's the kind of stuff that makes us way more visible in searches and stuff like that. It makes us mm. pop up every time you search for horror movie podcast or whatever it is you're looking for. It makes it a lot easier to find us. So please rate and review. Don't use bad words or else they won't post it and it doesn't count. So be nice. Use your church language now. Send your bad words to us. Dead yeah. and lovely pot at gmail. <laughs> in the meantime, you guys have been great and we have been dead and lovely. Have a good week, y'all. Bye.